I'm good to go when you guys are. Sure. I'm good. Ooh, what's this? Wait, is this Nick Falls? The Colts are working on a deal with Nick Falls. Frank Reich okay. right, can't quit his, quit his guys. Yeah. Big breaking news. Matt Ryan, just, Matt Ryan's just a bridge quarterback for Nick Foles. <laughs> Welcome to our episode of Boom or Bust the Draft Show. We are back, baby, with 2023 draft content. We are sick in the head. I know a lot of you don't even care at all about the 2023 NFL draft, but we do, because we have nothing better to do with our lives. And we brought back our good friend, Nico, uh, from Elite Takes. You know him. You love him. I, I would shout out how many followers he has on TikTok. But honest to God, when this video comes out in a couple days, he's going to have like 30,000 more. So I'm not even going to say it. It's a lot. It's a lot. I think it's like, what, close to 300,000 right now, Nico? Uh, yeah, it's at 288 right now. Jesus. Okay, so that's Nico. Um, he was on for the Malik Willis episode. He was awesome, so we want to bring him on. He's going to join us for as many videos as he possibly can. Obviously, this guy is crazy busy um, with school, with his TikTok, with his Twitter. Make sure you guys follow him, at Elite Takes. He is phenomenal. We're breaking down the 2023 NFL Draft, um, the offensive side of the ball. This is kind of just like a dummies guide, not really like a ranking yet. We'll come out with a big board soon, I promise. We'll come out with a mock draft soon, I promise. It's kind of just like what you need to know. Because obviously – you know, after the last draft ends, you're kind of like, okay, you're like, I don't really know anything about the next draft. This is kind of like a dummies guy saying, hey, this is like what we think right now for the draft. Now, of course, a lot can change. Uh, last year, we said Spencer Rattler was QB1 and number one overall player. And hey, Spencer Rattler is hey, back hey, in school. Hey, hey, Donnie hey, did not. I, Donnie said Malik Willis. I didn't say that. Yeah, which is fair. Which is fair. But please uh, like, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at BoomerBustDraft. Um, and yeah. Just like and subscribe, please. So let's start off with the quarterback class. And obviously, this quarterback class is a lot better than last year. It would be hard for it not to be. But, Nico, talk to me about a guy that you love. And maybe he's not the top guy right now, but he's definitely on the radar for the first round. So uh, Tyler Van Dyke, he is going to be an incoming um, redshirt sophomore, I believe. And mm -hmm. last year... He came in after De'Eric King went down with a season-ending injury, and he absolutely lit it up. Ty Jamison, um, Ty Jameis Winston's record at Florida State for the most consecutive games with 300 yards and three touchdowns in six combined starts, he threw for almost 3,000 yards. So this guy was just absolutely gunning it down the field, hit on a lot of deep passes, and overall he seems like one of those pro-style type of quarterbacks that we're going to keep our eye on this year. Yeah, kind of limited mobility with him. But, I mean, if you're looking for a pocket passer, that's definitely the guy. Uh, my guy, actually, who's actually number eight on my board right now. And, yes, I already have a top 32. That's how bored I am of this already. Uh, Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky. Um, I'm a sucker for physical tools. I always have been. Like, my top two quarterbacks in the last year's draft were arguably the two best with the best physical tools, that being Malik Willis and Matt Corral. And I'm going to be selling my soul to this once again. Uh, Will Levis, 
Um, you want to come for him? Just imagine Matthew Stafford with just legs. Like that's literally what he is. Like he has those unique arm angles. Maybe not quite the top end arm talent that Stafford has, but it's really close to it. He can make those crazy, you know, Mahomes Stafford throws that are just like wacky arm angles and all that stuff. Great improviser as well. Just needs to find a bit more consistency. He lost Wander Robinson also this year, which is most likely going to hurt him. But maybe he can possibly take a jump and find another wide receiver kind of like um, with Sam Howe when he kind of lost everybody, uh, Josh Downs kind of rose up. So hopefully he can find another guy like that. But as of right now, for me, I think the clear-cut QB3 is Will Levis. I think you just got to look at the ceiling because when you look at it, I'm done like with these just quarterbacks that are just like ready right now. Like I'm, I want to be in on these guys with just top-end physical tools when a lot of them over the last few years have been the best quarterbacks by far in their draft. So – I'm all in on the Will Levis train. We'll see how he does this year without Wando, though. Could have beat out Sean Clifford, which terrifies me. Okay. As a Penn State fan, that, ter- that yeah. terrifies okay. me. No. Okay. You know, it's it's a Kirby Smart thing. We don't really... It, it's, not Kirby, it's not Kirby Smart, but... True. You know. Honestly, true. James Brom is better than Justin Fields, okay? <laughs> Honestly, that's fair. James Franklin would probably, uh, probably mess that one up a little bit, but who knows? Uh, we going, am I going next here? Yeah, go ahead, Bryce go Young. Ahead. All right, all right. So, um, you know, we, we, we threw in a couple other guys here, but the obvious thing here is that it's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are like one, two on a lot of people's boards right now in terms of quarterbacks. I don't know in terms of overall prospects. Um, they probably will be for some of us who are more analytically inclined that are just like, oh, quarterbacks, let's let's put these guys one, two. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that Stroud's going to be my two. We'll see. I'm not like all in on Stroud yet. But for me right now, my number one overall player is Bryce Young. And I think there's um, there are some concerns, certainly, um, but I'm I'm kind of in. Like, I'm all in on this yeah. guy at the moment. He was the best player in college football last year. Like, he was. Um, and he's the reason Alabama was in the national championship. I think if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, I think they win that game, quite frankly. Like, I think that was, you know, losing Mechie and Williams were was enough to completely mute their offense. But when they had mm-hmm. both of them and Mechie for like a half, I believe, against Georgia – uh, was, did he get hurt, get hurt against Cincinnati or Georgia? I don't remember. No, he got, he got hurt game. against. He got hurt against Cincinnati. Okay. So no, no, Georgia in the SEC title game. Okay. Yeah. So you know, it was like I thought, I thought Williams got hurt in that game. Then Mitchell no, got hurt. No, no. It was Mitchell in the SEC and then Williams yeah. in the national championship. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, but you know that was enough for them to score forty-one points against the, you know, quote unquote best college defense ever. So and. That is because of Bryce Young, and, and it's it's the way he plays has really dictated the way this Alabama offense has changed over the past year. We saw it go from kind of this power-eye offense with Derrick Henry and for years and years with Mark Ingram and, you know, Trent Richardson, who's obviously a great NFL player, um, <laughs> and just continued onward until they finally realized that we need to start running the spread and really get some receivers in here. And then last year, they kind of turned it into this quarterback-centric offense where they ran a lot of different concepts. There was some more, you know— conceptually difficult stuff in terms of pro style things there was some rpo stuff in there uh there was some spread there was some tight formation stuff they really kind of moved them around and did as much as they could centering an offense around bryce young's strengths which are both his ability to i think uh extend plays but also process i think he has some of the most unbelievable processing skills i've ever seen from a quarterback with his development curve like he is early he's got another year still to get better and although they think that it's not like 
excellent, excellently. I think Mac Jones was probably better at the time he came out last year. He's got another year to continue to get better, and he has a quicker release, I believe. He's more compact. He's better. Um, you know, his mechanics, I think, are better than Mac Jones. And although his arm is probably a, a little bit worse, his arm's not great. Uh, everything else about his game screams higher upside than Mac Jones. He's got the mobility. He's got the you know the pocket instincts. I, he might bail a little bit too early at times from the pocket, but you know he can get outside of it. Throw a ball downfield, set his feet. He can run. Um, you know, the, the 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 frame thing will come up. We'll talk about that in a second. Is a problem, but you know, I, I don't like comping guys this early in the process. And this is a guy that I've seen a lot of people comp to, and I never have used this comp. I hate this comp. It's overused. All right, oh, please mind. give me it. I know it's just it's ridiculous. This is the Russell Wilson comp for me. Like okay. this is it. This is the guy, right? And yeah. It's it's, it's like. When he improvises and it works, it's his best plays. And everything else isn't super flashy, but it's good. And it's this, like, ability to throw accurate balls intermediately, consistently, and not make poor decisions at his age. It's just unbelievable. For me, like, I know the size is going to come up over and over again. And for me, the weight is more of a thing than the height. Like, the height is, like, whatever. Um, But... I just, the guy is so good at football. Like, I don't quite frankly care at all. Um, and if you need more proof of this, like, go watch him in high school. Like, he's a better processor in high school than, like, any of the quarterbacks coming out last year were at, at, as, like, 24-year-olds. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, you know, and then, you know, they went to, Matterday is a great program in California, but they also play other great programs. And every week it's, like, 77-20, 84-10, 66-0. Like, they're school, he's throwing seven touchdown passes and just, it's it's unreal. Like this guy was pro ready immediately in college, and he is now, and he's got another year to get better, and he's my number one player. I honestly think his arm talent is a little underrated. I think he's got a pretty strong arm. Um, I think it's honestly stronger than Mac Jones. But I, I remember Nick and I were talking about Bryce Young, and he's like, "Dude, I just watched Bryce Young." I was like, "Oh, and did you watch whatever George or whatever?" He's like, "No, I watched his high school." And I'm blown Dude, away. I remember that. I, I remember that. <laughs> I love that. I was like, that is when you know you're you're in deep, man. So you're watching the high school tape, and yeah, his high school tape is freaking absurd. He's a number two recruit for a reason. Uh, only thing, only question mark I have is. Um, he said he was underdog for his whole life during his Heisman speech. Like, dude, you're you were number two. <laughs> that that made me like so upset because, like, do you realize how many underdogs have actually won the Heisman? And then he just goes ahead and says that, like, do better, Bryce. Like, uh, uh, you, yeah. Is he? Is he? Isn't he like a top? What is he? The eighth Number highest? Two. He was. A, yeah, he was like the sixth highest recruit ever. Like or something like that. Eighth <laughs> highest or something like that. He might win the Heisman. You might, might win the Heisman again this year too. Like, he's like, you know. oh, I'm too small. He's like, people said I was too small. I was like, I, most people said you were. Most people kind of knew you he were. Wins, he wins the Heisman again, and he's like, oh, well, they kind of doubted me on the Guys. first Heisman, so I had to go win another. Honestly, one. Honestly, the great, sure. the great ones need to make up uh, excuses for them to be great. Like Tom Brady, like always makes up. You know, thinks, oh, no, nope, they think I'm too old. I don't know. I I heard. I kind of like Drew Brees. Bryce Young, according to Max Chadwick, will be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's basically what I'm hearing. I, I think Drew Brees is a decent comp. The comp I really liked that I, I thought of was a bite-sized Trevor Lawrence because I think I agree with like the processing speed is unreal uh, for Bryce Young. CJ Stroud is a guy that everyone you know likes to say is like the QB one, maybe QB two. CJ Stroud actually is, I think, the favorite right now, the betting favorite to be the number one overall pick. I, I think all of us might disagree with that. I think that – or Donnie, I know, like Stroud. Not me. I, like Stroud. Um, I think Stroud's a, a pretty – he's still my number two overall prospect, but I think it's a big gap between one and two. And uh, Seth Galina from PFF, who we love, um, I was talking to him about, like, these guys, and he, and he said something that really resonated with me. He's like, dude, 
watching CJ Stroud last year makes me think that I was way too high on Justin Fields in 2021 because like you really notice the Ohio State offense like raising him a lot. I mean, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who we'll get to in a second. You have Chris Olave, you have Garrett Wilson. Like, those are all top 15 picks in the draft. Um, all excellent route runners too. And like they made it easy on CJ Stroud, but he still is a, you know, got the prototypical size at six foot three, like 220 pounds. Um, and he's got a really good arm. He looks like your franchise. He looks like a prototypical quarterback. Well, Bryce Young for a lot of teams will scare him because he's listed at six feet. I promise you he's not that tall. Probably going to come in at like 5'10", 5'11", and he's 194 pounds. But I think CJ Stroud is that prototypical quarterback that a lot of people like. He had a rough start to the year, especially in that Oregon game where they lost. But after that, he was lights out, man. I think he was almost just as good as Bryce Young. It's just the Alabama offense, you know, the offensive line was not as good as they used to be last year, especially. So Bryce Young playing under pressure was so impressive to me. Stroud kind of had it easy last year. And I'm curious to see how. Okay. He, he did. He had it a little easy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know about Compared that. Compared to like man. Bryce Young, he had it. He had it a lot easier than Bryce Young had it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it was like that much easier, but like, I, come on, man. He's like, still that, crazy talented. That, that Ohio State offensive line wasn't that good either. Like it was. Uh, it was they, a, had, it, they had some guys. They had some. It was. It was. They were. Yeah, they had some late round picks, but like Alabama had a tackle who went number seven overall. Yeah, but that was have, it though. Like, gonna, I, I don't know. I, I think. I think the Ohio State offensive line was better than the Alabama one. And I think Ohio State's receivers were the best in the country. They had a really good running back. I don't know. I think it was easier. I still love CJ Stroud. I still think he's the second-best quarterback in the draft, second-best quarterback in the country. Um, I just think there's a a pretty significant gap between one and two. All right, let's move on to this running back class. And my God, this is a freaking fantastic running back class led by Nico. I know you love this guy. Uh, B. John Robinson, you know, past two years, I was super in on Najee Harris. I was super in on Brees Hall, but I am going to give him the label as the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. And it's really just what he did at Texas last year. Absolute do it all. 1,300 rushing yards, over 250 receiving yards. And he was just churning out stuff after contact. Like when you watch this guy's tape, he is so ridiculously shifty. And even as a receiver, like you see him run those Texas routes, no one can keep up with him when he breaks on them. So in terms of the offense this year with Ewers and Xavier Worthy, and who knows how that offensive line will be, but Steve Sarkeesian, I think, did a really good job showcasing all of the abilities he had last year. And, you know, in terms of weaknesses, Maybe not like the absolute fastest dude or the most ridiculous receiving back we've ever seen, but um, there there's just a special X factor to this guy in the way that he turns out big runs in big games, like versus Oklahoma, for example. Yeah, that Oklahoma run was one of the greatest runs I've ever seen, man. He is phenomenal. Like, he's one of the most elusive running backs ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and also you said something about the offensive line. And the thing about the offensive line is that it's not bad. It's just unproven. And it could be really good. They brought in, I believe, like two five-star freshmen. They have some guys coming back from last year. Like, it's just unproven. And it could be very good. And that can even rise them even more. Uh, The guy for me, he is included. This guy is RB2, by the way. RB1 is clearly Bijan. I just want to get that on record real quick. Uh, Jameel Gibbs, who is uh, at Georgia Tech, transferred to Bama. Uh, A lot of projection with this guy. Hasn't been insanely productive at Georgia Tech. Kind of had a lot of up-and-down games. But the 
the upside with him is very, very good. Obviously not as high as Bijan, but this guy has the clear potential to be the best uh, or the second best running back in this draft. And he probably would have been RB1. If, if, if he makes the leap that I think he can, he would have been easily RB1 last year. And I'm a big Brees Hall guy, but I think Jameer Gibbs is super special. I think he's great in the, I think he's great um, in the receiving game. I think he has good soft hands. He kind of gets indecisive every now and then whenever he's trying to get cut through holes. But outside of that, nothing really too bad about him. There's a lot to like about him. Um, bad, um, bad pass protector, but I also don't really care. I know Nick values that a lot, but I don't, I don't really care that much. Unless if you're a good receiver back, like, I don't care if you're a bad pass protector. So I think Jameer Gibbs has the chance to be RB2, but it is a lot of projection with him. But considering the Alabama offense line is going to improve a lot, I'd imagine, next year because they only lost one guy and it was Evan Neal. I think he's going to be fine, and I think he'll probably be maybe the best running back in the country next year because I think he'll have a better O-line than Bijan. Yeah, he's electric. In the return game, too. He's like, just get, just get this guy the ball. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you want to talk about our guy from uh, yeah. Syracuse? Homer, Homer, Homer podcast. We get to talk about a Syracuse guy. Might have a top 50 player this year. Sean Tucker's been electric for years. We've known about this guy. Syracuse knows about this guy. It's the only guy they have. So they've just been, you know, they've been churning out the Sean Tucker stuff. It's been big in, in the city. Um you know, I don't know if this is going to be, uh, you know, one of the top running backs off the board. Personally, I think I might be higher on him than other people just because I, I do think there's a lot here to like. Um, I haven't watched other guys, so I couldn't tell you. I think Bijan's probably my RB1, but outside of that, I don't know. As for now, Sean Tucker, I think, though, is probably like my high floor running back. I don't see him dropping out of like the top 60 in this draft by the end. Of, like, I think this is very much a guy that probably goes in the range of the Javante Williams, Brees Hall. And those are kind of the guys that I put this guy in the realm of. I think he's that type of back. If you want to be kind of the old fashioned, you know, between the tackles, rumble back that we've seen. Fewer and fewer of his time has gone on. And I don't think he's just that because I do think he can kind of catch screen passes. And I think he's a really good pass protector. I think he's a better pass protector than, than almost any back that came out last year. Even like I think he's really good at that. And he, he will lay dudes on the ground. And it's it's impressive. He, he's just, you know, it's the hit the hole quick, break tackles and show burst. And I think he is his long speed and acceleration are is better than Javante Williams. I think his shiftiness in the hole, his jump ability to jump cut is better than Brees Hall's. Um, I think he's smaller, though, and maybe doesn't have as pow- much power as both those other guys. Maybe won't break tackles as consistently, but has done so. And I think in a scheme versatile you know, type offense for Syracuse, literally all they do is they run different run plays and they just run every offensive line combination known to man and just do everything you know, zone you know, pull guys, uh, here's duo, here's, here's, here's your, uh, crackback counter block. Like they do everything. Um, he will be able to play in any offense. Um, and I think he'll translate very quickly to the NFL just because of that ability to not too much in the, do too much in the backfield. I think shiftiness is kind of overrated when it comes to running backs because they don't really comes into play at the second level. It's hit the hole quick, run through a guy, get straight and quick, which he does really well. Like in zone scheme, you got to see this guy get from horizontal to vertical and upfield quicker than any guy last year, in my opinion. Like, I know we're talking about all these backs, and they're all great. They might be all better than the guys last year, and I didn't like, I didn't dislike last year's running back class. Like, I thought it was good. Uh, it's just this running back class is really, really exceptional, and Sean Tucker, to me, is the kind of high-floor guy in this class, who I think just kind of fits the box of, yeah, this is the type of running back you've seen go to the NFL quite often and produce, and he's going to be another one of these, you know, just 
hit the hole, get up field, and he has some long speed. Reportedly, by the way, ran in the four twos, by the way, as a track guy. I don't know if that's true. He's added a lot of <laughs> oh, the, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I don't see it. I see the acceleration. I think his 10 split might be ridiculous, but I don't think the long speed's quite there. Yeah. He might be oh, more okay. of a he might be more of like a four three nine like Brees Hall type guy. That would be insane. I mean, that is, like he seems like more of like a you know a guy who's gonna churn out a lot of yards after contact. So that would be unbelievable speed. Oh, there's some breakaway runs. Like I think he's more of a 20 yard run guy than a 60 yard yeah. run guy. But there's some like there's some 20 yard runs on film, and he'll 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 get to the second level. Yeah. Yeah, there are some there are some guys like Jameer Gibbs, for example, is your big play home run threat. Like every time he touches the ball, like that guy, that guy can take it to the house. Uh, also, elite Twitter game. If you haven't followed oh, Sean yeah. Tucker. Oh, Nico, Nico knows about it too. If Nico knows about it, that it's a Nick and I know because we were from Syracuse. This guy is tweeting out his box score saying, man, tough game today for Syracuse. We lost by 50, but I had a pretty decent day with 300 total yards and whatever. Hope we can get him next time. Like, this guy is the man. I love Sean Tucker. Uh, oh, man, I'm glad we talked about him. That was, that was my bad for not wanting to talk about him earlier because he is he's awesome. I love Sean Tucker. My guy <laughs> uh, is Deuce Vaughn, and this guy I understand is – tiny five foot six 176 pounds like this is not going to be your every down running back in the nfl and i'm i know that but another running back came out of kansas state that was equally very very tiny and that was darren sproles and i think that's what deuce vaughn honestly is and i hate same helmet scouting i hate copy guys that went to the same college because it's easy it's too easy and it's most likely wrong but this is like a perfect comp for me in my opinion uh deuce vaughn is exceptional and like you can make the argument that Bijan for sure is the best running back prospects in Saquon. Deuce Vaughn might be the best running back in college football. Like, separate from being a prospect. Like, that's how electric Deuce Vaughn is. And I know he's tiny, but he's an awesome receiver. He's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. Probably the best receiver in this class, honestly, the running back. Um, and he's really, really shifty. He can break tackles. He was, he's been exceptional for two years now at Kansas State. He's been their bell cow back for two years. I mean, this guy, you just get him the ball in open space and he can make magic happen. And I understand he's so small. And I know 176 pounds is so tiny, five foot six, two, but I think this guy is special. And I think um, he could have a Darren Sproles like impact. And Darren Sproles was a very good running back in the NFL. He was different than every other running back, but he was still very good because of the receiving ability um, that he brought to the NFL. And I think Deuce Vaughn can very, very much be like that. So I wanted to shout out Deuce Vaughn. I understand that other guys like Devin Chain and Tank Bigsby might be taking over him just because they have the size. But Deuce Vaughn might be the best like player out of everyone right now. So I wanted to shout him out. Let's get to this wide receiver class. And Nico, you kind of fallen in love with our, our boy Sam Howell's favorite target last year. Oh, yeah, we've got um, Sam Howell's best friend, Josh Downs, out of UNC. Some might say that he saved Sam Howell's legacy last year, which I tend to disagree with, but you can't deny that he is an absolutely awesome playmaker. Like, you'll see them. They just toss screens to this guy, and he'll take them for 30 to 40 yards. His hands aren't the best, um, but I do notice that he's really good at, like, adjusting to the ball, good body control. Um, And in terms of measurables, 5'10", 180 pounds, very similar measurables to Deontay Johnson. Like you guys said, I don't mm. love throwing out comps this early, but he reminds me of like rookie Deontay Johnson, the guy that just wasn't really um, like the actual alpha type of outside receiver yet, but he was just really electric and he made the um, special yards after catch plays. I love that comp. That's actually a great comp for Josh Downs. Yeah. 
Yeah, saving saving the legacy of a fifth round quarterback who went to Washington. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> okay, so, okay, so we all know who most likely the best wide receiver in this class is. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, what this guy did as a sophomore last year was. Pretty unbelievable, to say the least. I mean, he had over 1,600 yards receiving, sharing targets with two first-rounders who both went in the top 11, if I'm not mistaken, right? Garrett yeah. Wilson went mm-hmm. 10, and yeah, Chris Olave went at 11. Um, and Jigba's better than both of them, I would argue. And there's not many, there's not much downside with this guy. Right? There's not a lot wrong. He has a gr- he's a great route runner. He's got great hands, great contested catcher, makes some unbelievably, unbelievable sideline catches. Like mm-hmm. this is some of the best sideline catches you will see of any prospect. What's the downside? There's only one for me, and it's he lived in the slot. Now it yeah. wasn't to the extent of Justin Jefferson in 2019. And I just want to say this real quick. Look who that turned out. Now Justin Jefferson is probably has an argument to be the best receiver maybe in the whole league, but yeah, so that's the only downside. He lives in the slot, and even then, it wasn't to that extent. I'd imagine him he'll pay a lot more in the outside in this upcoming season, and when he does, I mean, Nick said it earlier, but like this is a debate. Like, who's the better receiver prospect, him or Jamar Chase? Because they both had quite frankly, pretty close to similar seasons. Chase was probably a little bit better, but, you know, Chase didn't really have to share targets with two first-round guys. He shared targets with Justin Jefferson. And then, yeah, Terrace Marshall was there, but Terrace Marshall wasn't, like, huge or anything. And then, obviously, Moss was there. But the main... Yeah, the main Moss, two, man. Yeah, that and Moss, yeah. Tied <laughs> Hilaire. Yeah, tied at four for the Bengals, fun fact. Yeah, still on the Bengals with uh, really? Joey Burrow. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, he is. I did not know if Thad Moss is on a roster right now. Oh, yeah, he is on a roster. Right when, <laughs> wow. when, your last name, when your last name is is Moss, you're going to be on a roster. Yeah, that's fair. I guess. Like, there's, there's not many <laughs> questions with him. Like, he's my number four overall player, and if it wasn't yeah. for a generational edge rusher, he'd probably be number three. Like, that's just the thing. So, what's the downside? He lives in the slot. He'll fix it. And I'm, in my opinion, he might pass Jamar Chase as a prospect, considering he will be the number one now. I, I I love that uh, Jefferson call. I think that's probably my comfort was as everyone was you know you know questioning Jefferson because he only played in the slot, but now we see how great he is now. Like that's the same thing with Smith and Jigbo. So I think people are being too low on Smith and Jigbo. And I've seen a lot of them like wide receiver three, top twenty five. I'm like, dude, this guy's a top five. This player. guy is a top five player, and if it wasn't for a generational edge rusher, he'd be top three. And I hate I hate stat I, I hate like using stats to only scout players, but like. My biggest strength for Jamar Chase two years ago was like he was the Batman on that team and Justin Jefferson was Robin and Jefferson was a year older. Now you look how good Justin Jefferson is. I mean, you look at Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, like you mentioned, two top 11 picks. Smith and Jigbo was the top guy on that team. That says a lot, I think, about a guy who's a year younger than them or two years younger in, t- in case of Chris Olave. So I agree with Donnie. Like this guy is a slam dunk top five pick in my opinion. Thaddeus Moss breakout still humming, guys. I, I swear. It's <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, CJ Uzama is gone, okay? It could yeah, happen. It's going to happen now. Um, Hayden Hurst ain't holding off anything. Um, <laughs> the, um, the Jackson Smith and Jigba thing is going to be very interesting for us just because uh, Donnie and I and I believe the rest, we're all in. Like I, yeah. I think even uh, Nico mocked him pretty high in one of his mock drafts. So, like, we're all – we're in on the, he's a top receiver prospect, you know, generationally, like really good player. Uh, and the slot thing doesn't make sense to me when we just saw what happened with Terrace Marshall. Um, and it's just like, why are we, I mean, and it's makes me sad that our friend Mike Renner's done this too, because he's, he was a guy who came out and was like, 
if there's one thing we learned about that draft with Herbert and Jefferson, it's like, don't, because one guy doesn't show something a whole lot. Don't think he can't do it. With yeah. Herbert, it was the downfield throwing consistently. And with Jefferson, it was the, it was the, um, you know, the outside play. And they both are excellent play, like great players, potentially yeah. the best player in their position this year. We'll see what happens. But like, honestly, Nick, we're going to be on, I think we're all going to be on an Island next year. Cause it's already come out that Ohio state's probably going to keep him the slot next year. And yeah. Not you know, outside, so. but he doesn't just play slot exclusively. And I think his slot tape, quite frankly, is more impressive than Jefferson's was coming out. Like, yeah, and, and, like absolutely. I'd agree. I'd agree. It's not like he's playing bad players. I mean, he had tape against Daxton Hill this year and he was good in that game. Like that's, that's an yeah. NFL first round pick. Like that's, that's impressive. And I don't know who the best player Justin Jefferson went up against was, but I don't, I mean like Kayvon Wallace, like, all right, like, Cool. Like, <laughs> just watch his just watch his Utah game. Literally, that's all you have to do. Like, yeah. just three hundred and fifty yards yeah. in one, one game. Is a chill. In the one and Clark Phillips is a first have. round corner out of Utah too this year too. By the way, yeah, yeah. and, the and one, he yeah. murdered them. The yeah. one game where they didn't have their top two targets and they're out, you know, we asked him to go, you know, do his thing. And he was the best player on the field and it wasn't very close. And I know yeah. CJ Stroud might be a higher prospect because positional value, but he was the better player that he was better yes. than CJ Stroud in that game. Like Stroud was throwing in the ball and it was Jackson Smith and Jigba show in the Rose Bowl, which is like, what more can you ask for? Anyway, sorry, I was supposed to be talking about Keishon Boutte, <laughs> who, by the way, is smaller than Jackson Smith and Jigba, even though he's- Wow. That is still crazy. That is still crazy. I actually believe it. I believe it. Let me explain it. I don't so think he's tall. Crazy. I think he's short. I think he might be 5'11". And that's the thing is, is people think he's big as he looks like he's built up. But really, it's like he's trunky and he's got big quads. His arms are skinny and his lower his lower ca- his caps are small. I think it's all in his kind of, you know, midsection. And that's fine. You can have core strength, shoulder strength, quad strength. But, you know, that's kind of more of a thing you want to see from tight ends and running backs and not a receiver thing. And although... It's, he's an interesting body type, and he's an interesting player. This is, like, the guy that, although I'm seeing, like, top 10 player, like, number one receiver, this is the guy that we're going to talk about in this video that I'm, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a UDFA just because, like, yes, there's these amazing oh. flashes. Yeah, here we go. There are these flashes. Oh, where, God. Ready, ready for this? Ready for this? Nick. We're going to get canceled. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying it's going to happen, guys. All right. Let's just say every year there's one of these, right? 300-yard games, right? Like, he's excellent. He has these flashes where he's awesome. He does so great. But the guy can't stay healthy, and it's consistent. What happens if he shows up week one and he gets hurt again? Like, what are we talking about? Like, will he still go in the first round? I don't think he does. Like, quite frankly, I don't think he does. And, yes, like, I think he probably tests really well. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's – and that's, quite frankly, what his game is at this point because he hasn't been able to develop at LSU. I watch this guy's tape, and I see – Excellent release. Quickness is insane. Great speed. And for his size, he's built up. Like we talked about, he's trunky. Like, you know, it, it works. He is an exceptional athlete at the receiver position. He's got good body control going up for the ball. His hands are questionable. I think that's a problem. That probably just comes with reps from a guy who hasn't played a lot of football at this point, you know. Um, but outside of that, like, there's not a whole lot of nuance to his game yet, and I think that just comes from not playing a whole lot of football yet. We need this guy to play a full season. Like, that's the thing. And, you know, Jamar Chase sits out, and there's all this discussion about, like, oh, Devontae Smith was amazing. This guy hasn't played in a year. Like, you know, and there's going to be parallels between guys who sat out a year and Keishon Butte, like, not playing because of his injuries. But at what point does it become a question of, like, a prospect that has four games where he has 250 plus yards and that's like it like that's his that's his that's his tape at this point like it's he's a dominant player fantastic football player at his peak but if he shows up and gets hurt can you bank on that as as your entire like 
that's it. Like, that's what you got. That's Keishon Butte at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I, I want to say, I, I just looked it up. He actually gained a little weight, so he's 6'2", 205 now, which makes yeah, more sense. On there, yeah. But he was listed at 190. I was like, there's no way Smith and Jake is eight pounds heavier than that guy. Like, all, that these guy guys, that was all these guys we're talking about, and this always happens because they all gain like 30, 40 pounds in college. They're going to be small now, and they'll gain weight over the summer. I'm going to talk about a tight end later where it's very much going to be a thing. Um, and maybe he's different. If, he's, if he shows up 210 and he's moving the same – then that's the nuance to his game. Like, he's big and he can move. But even then, like, DK Metcalf went at the end of the second round. Like, I need a little yeah. more at this point. from K-Shop. He's short, too. He is, like, six He's six feet tall. It's not like he's, like, I don't know. I, he, his body reminds me of Chase. It's just, yeah, I agree with yeah, that. And I will say, when he runs yeah. fade routes and downfield routes, he looks like Jamar Chase. He looks like the same player. I just, I need, like, the production. Like, it just, it needs to happen. And I know, like, you could point to these games and be like, that was the best play. The same, it was like, what Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Rose Bowl, Keishon Butte has done multiple times. But it's like, yeah, he did it this month, and then he did it three months later. Yeah. And then he did it next year, you know? Dude, yeah. I'm, I agree with you. Jaden Daniels, give him production, buddy. I don't think Jaden's going to start either. That's the crazy part, which is pretty hilarious to think about, considering where he was. But, uh, and I yeah, will Keishon, say, Bad QB play. So yeah, I I was yeah. sad too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's had multiple procedures on his broken ankle too. So like, it is a question of what he's going to look like next year. Because I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with like he could be UDFA, but like he could be a guy who comes yeah, back. That might that sure. might be a stretch. He might get drafted. Just <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was that was okay. Good. I might either run that back. But could he be like a later pick on day three? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, I'll finish off the receivers real quick with a guy who, who's making all the headlines in college football. I know a lot of people are, namely Nick Saban probably, is not too happy with this guy. And that is Jordan Addison, the wide receiver formerly at Pitt. Now he's the wide receiver at USC. Announced yesterday that he'd be going to USC. Broke my heart. I mean, I was about to start the Texas National Championship battle. You and already. me, man. You and oh, me, man. Donnie and I have, have bets already. Quit it. I might have saved you. Yeah. yeah, it might have saved us. It might, it might have saved us. You know what, Donnie? Like, now when Texas is good, we'll look have, really smart. You got to put money on USC now. It's Caleb season. I already put money oh, on yeah. Texas, oh, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Oh, like, I'm already gone, man. There's nothing I can do. Oh, you know, Donnie, we're going to look smart now because if Jordan Addison went to Texas, you know, it, been a, it wouldn't have been a hot take to like Texas a lot. Now we're still in, like, okay, we're, we believe in him when nobody else does. So maybe it's a good thing. But – Jordan Addison is is tiny. Like that that is the thing. Like not short, but he's 175 pounds. It reminds me a lot of like Devontae Smith coming oh, out. Yeah. Dude, this guy is skinny. Yeah. Um, plate. What do you say? His arms are tiny. His arms are small too. Yeah, this guy is. But he's electric. Like last year at Pitt, he was he literally won the Bulitnikoff Award, which was given to the nation's best receiver. Um, he led the nation in receiving touchdowns with 17. He had the fifth most receiving yards in the country. I think second only to Jackson Smith and Jigba in the Power Five, um, which, again, Jackson Smith and Jigba led the, led the Power Five in receiving yards with Olave and Garrett Wilson there. Just putting that out there. Um, but also, Jordan Addison is just like this electric route runner. He's amazing after the catch. Like, he is such a shifty player after the catch. His body control is unbelievable. His hands are unbelievable. I think the Devontae Smith comp, I don't hate for him. Just because, like, he moves like him – He's a little shiftier, I think, after the catch where Devontae Smith would beat you after the catch by just using the correct angles when he ran. Addison's going to, like, juke you out and make a couple moves on you. Um, but I think his body control, which I thought was Smith's maybe best trait besides his route running, his body control was unbelievable. I think Addison's a lot like that. 
And unlike uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison is a guy who's won from the slot and from the outside consistently. He was by far the best receiver on Pitt. He was literally Kenny Pickett's only target last year. Um, and now he's going to USC. Now he's going with Caleb Williams. Now he's going with uh, – they got Mario Williams, who I think is a really good wide receiver, probably wide receiver two in the 2024 draft. Uh, we're putting takes out there already. But he's really good. And I think you know having a guy like Mario Williams to compliment him will be really good for him. And I think him with Caleb Williams is going to be really a lot of fun next year. I have Addison as my number six overall prospect right now, I which I know too. is high. I it's high for a lot of people. I'm a huge fan of him, and I'm really, really excited to see what he does at USC next year. This tight end class, guys, is uh, yeah. really good. So I, far, every position we've talked about is better than last year. That just tells you something about this is, year's draft. There's probably only one that we're going to get into that's not. Um, but, yeah, the tight end class is awesome. And, Nico, there's, there's one guy who's been dominating college football for the last two years that you really like. Yeah, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. You know, we we all know how crazy Kyle Pitts was two years ago, and he is nowhere near that level. But he is does have a chance to be that fresh breath of air for tight ends in the first round. Maybe he could sneak in there. You know, he's not like a particularly exceptional player in any area. Like he has really good hands. You don't really see many drops besides that awful one versus Florida State that I think we all remember. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, he only had four drops this season, which kind of surprised me. So, um, you know, he's he's a good pass blocker. He's just like the, um, the classic prototypical tight end. He He's solid in every area, and, you know, who knows if Notre Dame is really going to be an exceptional offensive team this year, but if he continues to dominate that offense and be their primary weapon, I could definitely see him being like a borderline top 20 pick. Yeah. Like Pat Frymuth almost a little bit. That's oh, what yeah, reminded yeah. me when I watched him. Yeah. I something, see that. Something weird about this tight end class that I noticed is that last year it was completely weird. Like the two best tight ends were from Colorado State and Coastal Carolina. And now we're finally getting back to most likely a regular train because some of the better tight end class – Tight ends from this class are from, obviously, Nico said Notre Dame, and now we got another one from Iowa, Sam Laporta. Um, I mean, once again, this is he's just okay. There's really not much to say. I don't think his ceiling is that high, but as of right now, I think his floor is actually pretty decent. I think this guy could be a solid day two pick at tight end. Um, I don't think he's better than the top two from last year, but I do believe he probably would have been my tight end three last year behind Isaiah Likely and behind um, – Oh, my God, Trey McBride. He probably would have yeah. been behind both of those guys. But as of right now, I think he's just fine. He has a bit of a drop problem, but also it doesn't help when you're playing with quite possibly the worst quarterback in the entire Power Five, Spencer Petras. Sean Clifford just, exists, Donnie. Sean dude, Clifford does no, exist. Man. It's just, Sean Clifford would have beaten Iowa if he stayed healthy. That's yeah. true. You know oh, I'm still not over that. Yeah, Damn, Clifford like, a little too much, Max. Come on, yeah, man. He's all right. He's Dr. okay. Doctor, Dr. Clifford in his Spencer sixth year Pe- of college. Spencer, Spencer Peters could not hit me if I was 20 yards away. He would go <laughs> it over my head. Like, he's just – he's awful. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, listen, I'm a diehard Iowa fan. He is awful. But Sam Laporta makes him look a lot better. He had a decent year last year, almost 700 yards. He had a few t- uh, touchdowns as well with horrible quarterback play. But if he does make a jump – I wouldn't necessarily be surprised, but I don't think he's ever going to be a top-tier elite tight end. But then again, I said the same thing about George Kittle in 2017, and look what happened with that. So, yeah, yeah we're getting back to another Iowa tight end. After a couple years off with when we had Hawkinson and Fant in 2019, we're finally getting back to another one with uh, Laporta at Iowa. Yep. I didn't you.
Zai Dan Yu. And also, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Zai Dan Yu. <laughs> hey, spoiler, uh, Max is going to talk about Eric Gilbert after me. And I only, I only bring this up because this guy is kind of like the lesser extent version of Eric Gilbert, in my opinion, this draft. And the type of reason why I hate, I hate making big boards at this point in the draft process because I just. Like, where the heck would you rank this type of player? Because in my opinion, he's still a high school prospect. Yeah. Jaheim Bell is 6'3", <laughs> 230. And I don't think he's that big either. I think looking at him, he's like, he's probably 220s somewhere. He's a wide receiver playing inline tight end, right? Like, he, that's, and he played wide receiver in college. And he was an excellent athlete in college at Florida, uh, Valdosta High School. And, like, tore his ACL and uh, needs some time off, repaired his knee. Now he's like still a pretty good athlete, we think. We don't know for sure. He's probably going to have to add a bunch of weight. Will he still be like a great athlete? I don't know. Like he's a, This is like a high school prospect. Like, oh, he's going to completely transform his body and play a position fully that he never really has ever blocked there before. So we'll see what happens. And like if it works out, he could be a first-round pick because he is supposed to be this great athlete and can jump and catch and has amazing above-the-rim ability. But and, and, you know, after the catch, and he runs routes well for his size. But again, like at this point, like all we've seen on tape is this guy playing as a really tiny tight end, effectively big inline wide receiver. Um, and if it works out, Jaheim Bell could be great. But I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, I don't know. It could just be Cole Turner. Like, I don't know. Like, we'll say. <laughs> Cole Turner. Well, hey, he'll, have, he'll, have, he'll have decent quarterback play, though. So that's, that's a plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. right. That helps a lot. Yeah. QB3, by the way. I'm putting that take out there right now. Especially no. QB3. No. I'm on it. I'm on the train. I can't Don't get off you? It. No. That, Max, get off the train. Just trust me, man. <laughs> are you, are train, you still Max. in? Are you still in with me or no? No. I'm going to have to. I don't know. <laughs> I got to watch. I wasn't even on the train in last year's draft. I know. Like, I can't quit, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm an addict to Spencer Rattler. I can't quit him. I can't quit him. I don't know what it is. I'm sorry. I'll get on the train if it's a monorail. <laughs> uh, all right, this guy. This is the most. This is gonna be the most absurd. Shout out Brett Coleman. Shout out Brett Coleman for just for Eric Gilbert. Destro- yes. Did you not see what he said? No. Oh no. Did, oh, did any of you guys? No. Oh no. Okay, so Brett Coleman. Oh. By the way, shout out Brett. Great guy. Amazing. Definitely knows his stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, he said, "Why is everybody talking about this kid, Michael Mayer, when everybody should be talking about Eric Gilbert?" Oh, and I was no. like, Brett, no. Uh, no. I, I don't hate it. I, Mayer, okay, the ceiling, yeah, but like to say he's better right now is just so false. Yeah, no, that, that's dangerous. But I, I, well, yes. here's like, I actually, I rank Gilbert above Mayer, my big board, so I can't say it's it's dangerous because I, I did it. Um, but Mayer, to me, like Nico brought it up. <laughs> Nico brought it up, I think, really well, where he's like, Mayer's just like, that like Pratt firing with, where it's like, you know, he's good. Like, you know, like he does everything well. Is he an exceptional athlete? No, nah, not really. He ran like a four eight in high school. And I know he's probably gonna run like a four seven, four six, which is good for a tight end, but it's not like he's not a world beater. So like I think it's very similar to 2021, where we had um Pat Fryermuth and Kyle Pitts. Eric Gilbert can be like a Kyle Pitts. The issue is there there are actually a lot of issues, but what's good about him? He's literally the highest rated tight end recruit of all time. No tight end recruit has ever touched Eric Gilbert in terms of how he's rated coming out of high school. Went to LSU, has this massive catch radius at six foot five, like 248 pounds. Uh, excellent after the catch. I think he broke like 10 tackles on 35 catches last year or two years ago, excuse me. Um, but the biggest, and so he's like this crazy athlete that can literally be like the next Kyle Pitts type athlete. The issue with him is off the field, and it's not like legal issues. It's this 
I hate bringing it up, but like, I don't know where this kid is at mentally. And, and I hope he's doing all right. I hope he's getting past his demons, but like he entered the transfer portal because um, he was homesick. He said, then he committed to Florida. Then he four weeks later decommitted from Florida. Then he went to Georgia, like unannounced, uh, like he showed up on Georgia apparently. And then he sat out the entirety of last season, the entire season last year, he sat out for undisclosed personal reasons. Um, and, and Kirby Smart in like press conferences, they're like, how's Eric Gilbert? He's like, you know, we're praying for him. We hope he's doing all right. So obviously this guy is, is you know, we'll see what, how he's doing off the field. I hope to God he's doing all right because he's a truly special talent. And honestly, I hope anyone's doing all right off the field, obviously. But it's a weird situation. It really is weird because it's like this guy is all the talent in the world. You just – you don't know where he's at. It's not like an injury. Like mental health is a completely separate topic where it's like you can't just recover from like a torn – or a broken finger or a broken arm. Like – it's a different process, and I hope he's doing it right off the field, but um, we'll see where he's at this year. He's got all the talent in the world to be the next top 10 pick. It's just I hope that teams don't use this too much against him in the pre-draft process. Even if he comes – he's going to play this year. He's played in the spring game. But even if he comes back, and, like, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting conversation for teams. It's just, like, why you take off for a year? And, and that's a pretty crappy conversation to have, honestly, for him. And also, real quick, just real quick, the potential of him being good next year is very high. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not a biased Iowa fan. I will go ahead and say this: that tight end duo that Georgia has right now, uh, Brock Bowers, who's a 2024 guy, along with uh, Eric Gilbert, that could quite possibly be the best tight end duo, maybe in college football history. Yeah, like it could if be. if it works out. Like, listen, Fan and Hawkinson were awesome. I loved watching them. Those two would wipe the floor with them if oh, they hit the season. Not even close. Yeah, not close. And, like the um, best tight end duo I have ever seen is Fan Hawkinson. The gap of if they hit their ceiling, the gap between them is so far. And because Brock Bowers was arguably maybe the best tight end in college football last year, maybe. And I think he's the best tight end in college football heading into next year too. So yes, like the fact that Eric Gilbert could be a top ten pick at tight end and be the second best tight end on his own team is unbelievable. Like I have him. Um, Brock Barris, we mentioned before, they might play Eric Gilbert receiver. He was listed at receiver before he decided to sit for the entire season. So they might, because they lost a lot of receivers, lost George Pickens, uh, Jermaine Burton transferred to Alabama. So like they could maybe play him or some receiver and play Bowers at tight end. Darnell Washington's my tight end seven. Yeah. They have a, they have a trio dude. Like Washington's like a blocking tight end. He's basically like an extra tackle for them out there. He's mad. He's like 200, 265 pounds he is, but yeah. Um, hopefully uh, we're playing for Eric Gilbert. Hopefully he's doing it right off the field. It's a really, it's a crappy situation to talk about. Like, I don't, I don't like talking about this kind of thing and hopefully he moves past his demons because he's an ultra, ultra talented dude. And hopefully he can come back and he looked great in the spring game. So hopefully that's a sign of what's to come for him, but it's a weird situation. It's a really weird thing to talk about. Um, all right, let's finish off with this old offensive line class. And I mentioned before, like, I think this is the one group where I'm like heading into the year. I felt worse about it than I did heading into 2022. But Nico, you got a guy in uh, your favorite team, Miami, you kind of like. Yeah. Um, so Zion Nelson, he has been the starting left tackle for three years now. Um, obviously, Tyler Van Dyke's line side protector. And like he's always been pretty solid, like really decent pass protector, never really gives up many pressures, never gives up too many sacks. Now, he's not super exceptional in the run game. He's never been a guy that's, like, super explosive, gets to the next level, that type of thing. And he's also pretty small. He's, like, 6'5", 240, so he definitely needs to put on some weight. But in, in a way, look at this guy, like, um, similarly to someone like Abraham Lucas this year. He'll probably end up going day two um, if he keeps up this trajectory of just um, four straight years of 
really solid, reliable pass protection on the left side. Booked him to just be like a, a plug-and-play day-two type of starter, but I don't, I don't see him evolving into something special. There was first-round hype last year, I remember, going into the mm. season. He decided to come back, so I, I see him as like a day-two guy. Yeah. Yeah, this offensive tackle class is pretty weak. Um, my guy that I'm going to be talking about is uh, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Uh, played guard last year, so hasn't even played tackle yet. But then again, we've seen this before. Obviously, Evan Neal started off at guard, then he went to tackle, so it could be a similar adjustment. But I don't know. Like It's just wait and see with him. Like He was good at guard last year. He was good, but... I just want to see can he play tackle like that's my that's my thing with him and now he's going to get the opportunity to do it. Um, I'd imagine he'll be taking over the left tackle spot with Nicholas yeah. Petit Frere who is gone who is bad. So yeah, um, Paris, John- <laughs> Paris Johnson, um, I believe in you, buddy. You got this. Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky is kind of the, the the guy everyone at least has as a first rounder at this point, top 30-ish player. Um, I think he's got a pretty high ceiling as long as he gain, or high floor. I mean, as long as he gains the weight that he needs to, because he's a little small. He's about 294 pounds. I'm going to be calling guys five pounds lighter, so I'm going to say like 289 for him. But he's you know, you know, he just he's technically sound. He's not an exceptional athlete, but he gets out well enough. He gets out of his stance. He can get downfield. He, he scans exceptionally well, just like the way Rashawn Slater was coming out. Like this guy's head yeah. on the swivel is amazing. Processes so well. Hands are great. Really quick hands to rolling hips. Um, and because of that, he's going to be, you know, easily able to translate to the game as technically a left tackle. And maybe if not a guard, it'll work out. Yeah. He had some really impressive reps against Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, and George Karloftis too, which says a lot. Those are all first round caliber players. Unfortunately, Ajabo, the injury pushed him down, but my guy, who I have OT1 right above Skaronsky, I have Skaronsky number nine on my board, and Anton Harrison's number eight, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Uh, this guy moves like a tight end, man. Like, he is a phenomenal mover in space, um, while also having better size than Skaronsky. He's six foot five, 309 pounds, while Skaronsky's 6'4, 294. Excellent pass protector. I think he's a worse run blocker than Skaronsky, but he's an awesome, awesome mover. And he moves so well in pass protection. He's got good hands pass protection. And he honestly is just a, is a freak athlete. And I'm a big fan of his game. And right now he's OT1. But Donnie's guy, Paris Johnson Jr., like he is everyone's top offensive tackle for a lot of people just because he showed a lot at offensive guard. So it's going to be a weird tackle class. And there's a Georgia guy, Broderick Jones, too, who hasn't played much. But he was the top offensive tackle recruit. And he looked good when he played. So who knows? Like these four guys might not be the top guys uh, when it's all said and done. But that's what we got. For our 2023 offensive preview, we're going to do a defensive preview very soon. Make sure you guys follow Nico on TikTok and Twitter, at Elite Takes. Does amazing, amazing stuff there. Follow us at Boomer Bus Draft, TikTok, and Twitter, and Instagram, and everything. And like and subscribe to the channel. So for Nick Miriam, Donnie Clemens, and our boy Nico, I'm Max Chadwick. Have a great night.